Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a better time to find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app and place a $10 Moneyline wager on any NBA playoff game. If either team hits a three-pointer in the game, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use code CAPITAL200 when you make your first bet. Sign up now and discover BetMGM's daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CAPITAL200 to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three in any NBA playoff game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CAPITAL200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 Moneyline wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Sunday night, it's all, it's close to 8.30, I mean, it's close enough, you know, for government work. It's uh, corner to corner time. I'm Stan Grubb. Brian Taylor joins me. What's up? What's going on? Rob is away and on location. He will be back. We can confirm Rob is alive and well. He will be back with us next weekend. We did hear from him, so the stranger lurks. Uh Stranger lurks. <laughs> Stranger danger. Oh wait, that's not right. Um. Okay, but we <laughs> next week we got tons, tons of wrestling news to talk about this week. There is so much to uncover, so much to talk about. It's it's almost hard to keep all this in order. But hey, I got my handy dandy notebook, as as Blues Clues would say, and uh, we're gonna try to run through a whole lot in a whole little bit of time. We got. Two hours of action-packed wrestling talk to go through with you. Uh, we did hear also from the Beyond Ringside Radio Network, and we will be broadcasting with them very soon, um, probably within the next couple of weeks. 
over at ringside.com. Shout out to Eddie Lane, Mr. Lane. Hope you're doing well, sir. That poor guy, you know, he works ridiculously hard at just like everything. I don't think he ever stops. Uh, no. But that's why he's fast, Eddie Lane. Indeed, indeed, indeed. He is the Magic City Motor Mouth, and that's why we love him so much because he keeps us online, he keeps the train on the tracks. I'm just trying to piece this thing together, man. That's what I do. I just got some band-aids, some duct tape, and pray for the best. So, let's talk a little bit about wrestling, but where to start? Where to start? Well, how about we start with some chaos? I like chaos. 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 Extraordinary. So, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Finding Spirit Unleashed on... Uh, this was just taking place on the 28th, which was last night. It was supposed to emanate from New York City, and it was supposed to start at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. However, there's always a big if when it comes to New York and wrestling. Why is that? Well, this is something we saw in our chat. Uh, actually, last night we had a correspondent in place. I think it was Anthony who was there, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Anthony yep. Perez, who was over there for us. But uh, here's the news that came out of New Japan. So New York City has some pretty specific rules when it comes to professional wrestling, one of which is an ambulance must be on site for the show to take place. Basically put, you have to have medical staff. WWE has their own staff they travel with, and of course I'm sure they've got someone on the payroll that puts the ambulance there. AEW, I'm sure, would do that as well. And honestly, I'm sure that if New Japan was... Well, frankly, I think New Japan Pro Wrestling probably did have it set up because here's the news. as The call was made to say, hey, where's the ambulance? Where are you guys? we got a show. we got to get started. The report is that they had been called previously, they being the ambulance company for the city of New York, they had been called and told that the show had been canceled. This is awkward. We don't really know exactly where it happened. We don't know where the call came from. We could speculate. We can definitely speculate, and I'm sure Brian and I will pontificate, if you will, on uh, the possibilities, but you know, that's a real crummy thing to do to any company, especially because they're just trying to make some money. Um... I think the best way to put it is this is a crap deal. It delays their show by two hours. Two freaking hours. Now, that doesn't mean the show didn't happen. So whoever thought they were going to keep this from going on clearly had it wrong because New Japan was able to air from the Hammerstein Ballroom. Um, It was in the middle of the show that everything kind of fell into place for them. So here's the rundown. Here's the results. T.J. Perkins defeats Ren Narita by submission. That's after uh, hitting hitting Narita with the Pinoy stretch. I almost call it the Perkins stretch. Lance Archer defeated uh, Carl Fredericks after hitting the EBD claw. That's the everybody dies chokeslam, if you're not sure what that means. EBD, everybody dies. Uh, also in the in this uh, tag team event, or excuse me, in this New Japan event, Juice Robinson and Mikey Nichols defeated Alex Coughlin and Clark Connors. Rapanji 
Vice? Is it Rapunji Vice or is it Rapunji 3K? No, it's 3K because uh, Trent Beretta is now one of the best friends, right? They're the two best friends that anyone could have. Oh, wait, that's not how that goes. Yes, he is part <laughs> of the best friends with Chucky e. yes. T. Uh, so Rapunji so, 3K and Rocky Romero. And it, it's uh, Rapongi. <laughs> Rapongi? Rapongi Vice. Yeah. Rapongi 3K! Yeah, or a 3K. Yeah, I guess <laughs> now you got me doing it. <laughs> Rapongi 3K and Rocky Romero uh, took on the Gorillas of Destiny and Jado in a six-man tag match where the Gorillas of Destiny, that's right, tag team of the year in my opinion. Gorillas of Destiny and Jado are successful after the G.O.D. hits the kill shot to pick up the victory. Another six-man tag contest was Hiro, Hiroshi Tanahashi and the Rock and Roll Express taking on Naito, Shingo Takaji, and Bushi in a six-man tag contest. The winners was Tanahashi and the Rock and Roll Express. And, uh, you know, looking at this at this card, by the way, there was a lot of tag team action on this one. I don't, I don't know if this was just an effort to make sure they got as many people on the card as possible, but... I I would tell you, I would tell you that this is one of those events that you you would have really liked to have been there to uh, really take this in. So we go to from the All right, so go ahead real quick while you're on that point. Um, New Japan normally packs a card with uh, six man and tag matches. Um, it's just I guess their way to get uh, their factions out. So you get to see more, uh, more people. Mm-hmm. Um, there, yeah, but they've been doing that for as long as I can remember. So that's an everyday occurrence. If you're going to go see a New Japan show, expect that. Yeah, so they they definitely had a top notch batch of talent there, and just judging from the card, judging from the results of this one, um, I think honestly all of us would have been just overwhelmed with all the wrestling action. Another six man tag match: Hiroku, Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, and the Amazing Red took on Jay White, Chase Owens, and Gato in a six man tag. The winner of that one was Goto Ishii and Amazing Red. After uh, Goto planted Gato with the GTR to uh, pick up the victory. Interesting contest here to the next one is Kenta versus Yoshihashi for the Never Openweight Championship. Kenta retains the championship and Kenta wins by hitting the GTS. So, Mm, the go to to sleep is getting used by Kenta. Interesting. What's the? I wonder what the GTR stands for. That's like the third time I've seen that. I gotta, I gotta look that up. Main event of the evening was Okada and Ibu, Kota Ibushi versus Sonata and Evil, and the winners of that contest was Sonata and Evil. Wow, that's a rare, rare loss for both Okada and Ibushi. Interesting. Very interesting. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> that's not. That's not funny. Was that insensitive? Was that culturally ins- uns- insensitive? Probably. I can never tell. By both of us. Yeah, we're... Yeah, yeah by both of us. <laughs> we're going to hell for that. Oh, boy. So, we go from New Japan and, of course, the, the chaos that they had to... How about... Uh, Wait a second. You little bobblehead. Wait, whoa, whoa. What did I do? 
What did I do? So you you bring up the great ambulance caper, and you <laughs> yes. don't let me even have a minute to to well, put this conspiracy up there you're just with the greatest Vince. of all time. <laughs> you're just gonna blame blame the Vin man. I know how you are. Oh, you're right. I I I, I I'm not gonna blame him directly, but I think there might have been a secretary or something at the office. Being like, well, I think Vince would want it this way. Seriously? So Yeah, I I, I think we're gonna put this right up there with the JFK assassination. <laughs> we're on there, pal. Uh we got this uh, New Japan. We, we gotta stop him. <laughs> I mean stop literally so so let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Right? So New Japan apparently knows enough to get the squad there. Right. Right. Okay. So they know enough to get them there. So do you think they're the ones who said, well, we don't need you no more? <laughs> no, not them. Hmm. I, what other suspects are now at the top of the list? I mean, Cause I could have, I could have seen if it's like, oh, they weren't even there. What if, what if it was the Young Bucks trying to, to pull the rib um, over on New stop. Japan? No, stop it. Stop. I'm not even entertaining the Young Bucks in this. Oh, but come on. They like a good rib just like anybody else. I I don't think that's a rib. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, All right, so it's sabotage. Oh, yeah, that's, that's sabotage. Because, I mean, think about it. Supposing the the rescue squad that was supposed to be there because they're now put back in service, now is on a call, and they can't get there. Right? Mm-hmm. Are you going to go? Find, are they, you going to be able to pick up another one? Yeah, but I mean, if what if there was an actual emergency, and you know, maybe, maybe Ring of Honor knew about it. Maybe they're like, you know what, these guys—they uh, don't know what's happening around here. We know New York pretty well. We—they're they, they, not going to do the show. Maybe it was cough. No, I'm not buying it. I think the only Sinclair one that was, broadcasting. I think <laughs> pulled the, the trigger. <laughs> I think the only one if it and again, this is just for for humor's sake, okay, people? <laughs> I mean it clearly was sabotage. It clearly was. Sabotage. <laughs> yeah, it clearly was. Impa- Impact could have did it. Well no, no Impact wouldn't because no, they need them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Impact has not made it down to Florida but every so often. So <laughs> They can't even spell New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but, York I mean, City. clearly, clearly somebody did it. I mean, it's, on one hand, I'm, I am partially, and, and yeah, of course we're doing this as, a, as a, a joke, but part of me actually thinks that somebody thought it would be a great prank. Yeah, but you, it, it, you can't. <laughs> it's awful. Because, but... again, I want you to think about this, right? So, again, so if the, if the rescue squad that was supposed to be there, and they were probably bringing them in on overtime pay, right? right? So you would still leave your station manned and have somebody there for the show, right? If if you cancel it, and now they can't get there because they're on other calls, you may not actually, especially in like New York, supposing they get tied up on something really bad, there goes your whole show, which is now going to cost you refunds 
in a whole lot. Uh, I'm not sure if anybody, I, the, the culprit would be more like, well, we're going to try and cost them money as opposed to let's just rib them out of some money. Man, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, it could be any number of people. If it truly was somebody trying to like, you know, just twist the knife a little bit. I mean, I could honestly, and we joke about it, but I could honestly see maybe, you know, somebody within that inner circle up there going, uh, hey, <clears throat> so you want to make the old man happy? 20 bucks says you don't do this. And then somebody, yeah. you know, somebody picks up the phone, I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it. You know, because all of them want to impress him. All of them want, you know, that golden brass ring that everybody talks about, like this mythological thing. But the, the sad, simple truth is somebody would do it if put up to it. Well, I, and again, I'm not saying that they did. It could be any number of promoters. Sure, sure. It could be a you know a local promoter, or it could be just, just some mad. Jerk, jerk fan. Yeah, it could be. But I mean, there's no doubt that's not an accident. That is pure <laughs> sabotage. That's my, that's malice with with hate yeah. in their heart and lust for and Elizabeth. That, no, that's it. Now <laughs> goes up there with such conspiracies. As a JFK assassination, who was driving the black Hummer? And oh, now wow. this. It was the one right. promoter. That's right. <laughs> was it macho? <laughs> was no. it macho in the Hummer? Or was it somebody else? Mm. It was Scott Steiner with the Pitbulls. Mm. See? It just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> Or deeper, <laughs> depending on how big your boots are. <laughs> That's oh, crazy. Man, oh man. I, I tell you, there's only but so many times something like that can happen, and I can almost guarantee you, if something like that were to come up again, yeah. How do you think people would feel if like, they ran into that a second time? Like, New Japan says, oh, we had this great show, it went well. We, yeah, we had some hiccups, we had some bumps in the road, they come back. And it happens twice. Yeah, that's crazy. Sabotage. Uh, by the way, you can catch up with the uh, the information about uh, the ambulance over at Lords of Pain. They had an article on it. This was uh, posted. Yeah, you know. Oh, and there were certain restrictions um, with the show because of the fact that the ambulance um, was delayed, and so the, mm-hmm. the city of New York had adapted to the rules saying no chairs, no blood, no whipping into the guardrails, and no fighting in the crowd. Well, now. I mean, that doesn't really hinder a New Japan show. They don't really do Oh, it depends on who. I mean, Mox wasn't there. He's hurt. So we know that guy's that guy's good. Yeah, but I, I don't know if you could classify Mox as New Japan for a one-time one-time affair. He got a boo-boo on his elbow. But had Suzuki been there... Oh, you know, that's uh, true. Mm. That's true. Yep, yep. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> he would have done it for spite. <laughs> oh, would they have shut the show down? Is that so severe where they just... this you know New York State just says, nope, you're done? Yeah, I imagine. I mean, they, oh they don't want to... That's why rules are in place. That's crazy. Mm, mm, mm. Yep. 
right, so moving on. We've we've covered, and I I'm gonna keep an eye out. I'm putting my nose to the grindstone. I may very well uncover the suspects. Oh boy, the doctor we'll, is on the case. Maybe we'll have a weekly segment. <laughs> the New Japan suspects. <laughs> We will break down each individual suspect with a profile, <laughs> possible alibis, and interviews with friends and neighbors. <laughs> he was always uh, so quiet. Funny. He never struck me as that kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right now, Vince is shaking. Damn it, pal. <laughs> I told you to shut them down. <laughs> Those damn corner-to-corner corner guys. Get them. I, w- I would have got away with it if it wasn't for you and that Rob. <laughs> Damn it, Rob, you're supposed to shut him down. That, maybe that's why Rob hasn't been around. He's like, I'm not doing it, Vince. You can't make me. I love them guys, Vince. I can't do it. No, Mama, no. All right, next. All right, so Ring of Honor held their uh, their annual event, Death Before Dishonor. <clears throat> as far as Ring of Honor is concerned, there's been a lot of rumors and conjecture about what's going on with them. Truly, I don't know exactly what has happened with Ring of Honor, except to say that this is not a new issue. And they've been running into these kind of problems for the past couple of years. But a lot of it has just been off of ticket sales. So, Friday night's pay-per-view, Death Before Dishonor, was already rumored to be having tremendous trouble in getting all sorts of different pieces into place for them to be able to move some tickets. So... That being said, Death Before Dishonor does air as expected from a different location. They did actually move to uh, a new location. In Las Vegas, Nevada, they ended up going to... um, Let me just see what the name of the venue was. Okay, I'll have to find that later. Um, Anyway, here's the rundown of the results. Marty Skrull defeated Colt Cabana advancing in the Death Before Dishonor tournament to determine the new um, number one contender. PCO defeated Kenny King in another uh, semifinal matchup in the tournament. Angelina Love defeats Kelly Klein to become the new Women of Honor champion. Jonathan Gresham defeated Jay Lethal in what many would consider a huge, huge upset. Looks like Jonathan Gresham's star is on the rise. The Bouncers defeated Silas Young and Vinny Marseglia. Is that how it's pronounced, Brian? Mm, I think so. Uh, Television champion Shane Taylor defeated Flip Gordon, Tracy Williams, and Dragon Lee. (gasps) Not Flip Gordon. Yeah, I know. Damn Damn that Flip. He never gets over, man. I know. So talented. Uh, you he know, really is. He's, he really should be an AEW. <laughs> I, st- I think it's because he honestly has a Ring of Honor contract still. But it'd be yeah, nice I would imagine. Maybe he's the I, one that shows up Wednesday. Ooh. Well, I mean, as, as many times as Flip was in uh, being the elite and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I imagine it's only a matter of time. They still have him in the opening segment for being the elite. Where the little uh, 16-bit sprite walks across the screen and says, Book flip! Mm-hmm. Um, so the also the next matchup after the television title, the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship on the line as the Briscoes defeated Lifeblood. And then we get to your winner and new, that's right, new Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, 
Rush defeats Matt Taven. Um, I gotta be honest, I have limited familiarity with Rush, and my exposure to Matt Taven has never been that one of a positive impression. So, myself, along with many others, are probably really, really happy, and I would say that I definitely am, to see Matt Taven no longer be the uh, ROH champion. But the question becomes, who is Rush, and how long does he stay on top? Because Rush is pretty well known in uh, AAA and CMLL, I know that. But is is he was he wrestling in New Japan before? Uh, that I couldn't tell you. Um, I'm not sure on that one. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to see if I can remember. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't want to, you know, say something false. Well, I didn't know that actually that he and Dragon Lee are brothers. But learn something new every day. Yeah. Something new. So, Ring of Honor successful with their attempt with Death death Before Dishonor. Um, but the question becomes now, what happens next with Rush and with Dragon Lee? Because as soon as, as, soon as uh, Death Before Dishonor goes off the air, CMLL releases a statement. And I mean like the hour after the show is done. CMLL releases a statement that Rush and Dragon Lee were both fired. Or their relationship is no longer in place. However, as more details came out, it actually turns out that Rush was unhappy with uh, with CMLL's treatment of both he and his brother. So basically, he and Dragon Lee quit. So their appearance and subsequent push apparently was a, a subject of that. Yeah, but wasn't, uh, I think, uh, like, originally the reports came that came from um, the promotion was one uh, kept missing dates or something. So there was a rumor that Dragon Lee had been taking Ring of Honor dates and not accepting CMLL's dates. But we don't know a whole lot about that except the fact that there's multiple reports and multiple posts about how that's been happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying the, you know, again, the company, they come out first and they have their tail and, you know, then you find out that may not quite be the, you know, correct way it played out. Word from Rush is that he expe- he expects to release a full video dis- dis- a deciphering or explaining why he quit um, and apparently Dragon Lee is going to have something to do with that video as well. You know, what, whatever happened to the days where if you if you quit or if you got, you know, fired, you just went to work somewhere else and left it alone? Why do you have to come out with, like, a explanation video? What what possible good is that going to do? Well, I mean, it has to do with the fact that had the company just come out and said, we have um, come to terms with... These two gentlemen, they're no longer in their employee. Mm-hmm. You know, then what are, what are you going to say? You know, but when if the company comes out and says, well, we got rid of this guy because of this, this, and this, and then uh, this guy because of this, and it's not necessarily the true story, I think they have a right to um, put it out there their side. Mm -hmm. Well, that's true. I mean, there was a time where 
shoot videos or shoot interviews were the only way you ever got the real story on why different wrestlers left different companies. So now it's a much faster, much more um, immediate response that you can get from the fans by just simply releasing it yourself. And since with YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and everything else that's out there, I guess that's that's why it's done. Yeah. I mean, again, if if they left for you know, a certain reason and the company is trying to spin it their way. Mm -hmm. You know, why wouldn't you come out with something? Especially if they're saying something that's, that's truly disparaging of, of your character and something yeah. that could hurt you getting hired somewhere else. Right. And especially in, you know, this day and age where everybody has the world at their fingertips. Also true. The the fourth wall is now more like a chain link fence. Everybody sees through it. Yeah. Oh gosh! Oh gosh! So you know you would think that would be enough uh, controversy and conspiracy for uh, for one week, wouldn't you? Uh, Ned, this is the world of pro wrestling. Indeed, and just wait because there's more. Southside Wrestling had an event scheduled, and they were working in an alliance with Revolution Pro out in the UK. These guys had an event scheduled that was going to include NXT UK stars Joseph Connors, Ligero, I know I just botched that pronunciation, I think it's Ligero, uh, Saxton Huxley, Ilja Dragunov, Shia Brookside, and of course the women's division Kaylee Ray, were all pulled from Southside's final show because WWE, once they had determined that Revol Revolution Pro would be essentially running the event, they decided to pull the, the superstars from it because WWE apparently felt that the environment would be too unpredictable and didn't want any unwarranted injuries to the talent. So you'd think that's already bad enough, right? Well, this story gets more interesting. Cody Rhodes sees this on Twitter. And Cody, being the kind of guy that he is, says, let me see how I can help. That's almost a direct quote from what he says on Twitter. In turn, AEW provides Cody Rhodes and Brandy, as well as MJF and Sean Spears. So, this one just keeps getting more interesting. <laughs> um, you know, I, I guess it's got to be very, very liberating and validating for a guy like Cody to have the ability to say, okay, fine, if you won't let your talent go there, we'll just bring ours. Yeah, well, I think the other thing, too, is it, it shows the type, the different type of environment they're trying to bring about. Mm -hmm. um, now, if, you know, if the WWE thought one thing, they could have very easily just had their, their guys wrestle each other. Right. Right. So, you know, if they had a, a question of, you know, if it wasn't going to be all that safe or whatever, you could have just very easily paired them up against each other. And then you shouldn't have had to worry about it. Right. Make sense. Mm -hmm. uh, if you didn't like the building, um, you know, you, you should have known that going in, um, you know, any whatever your reason was, I mean, you should have done your homework before you booked these people and, or took the booking, I guess for him. Um, and you, you really should have done your homework. Right. Or somebody should have done their homework. 
And then when you find out that you don't like it, well, I mean, that's not really cool, you know, in my book to be pulling out that many people. I mean, how many, how many did you say when they're like six, seven? Uh, let me just pull that back up. It, it was at least six. Um, here we go. It was, let's just take a look here. So one, two, three, four, five, and six. Yep, six people. That's, uh, that's possibly three matches. Yes. Um, and, and those are probably people that some of them paid to, paid to see. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, again, it, it kind of shows you the difference because right now AEW is all about the fans. Right. Right. Whereas the WWE, well, sometimes they'll piss on their fans and not do the right thing by them if it suits them. And I think this is just one of their, one of those cases. You know, you could have even been like, hey, uh, we'll give you money. We'll let them show, but they're not wrestling. So we'll have them appear for autograph signings or whatever. You know, and and then we'll pay you money to bring in other people. Now, there is more to the story as to why WWE thought the event would be unpredictable. So let me just point out that they may have actually had reason to believe that there could be something... Uh, unprovoked or unplanned taking place at this event. Now, this is something that happened back on August 30th at Revolution Pro Summer Sizzler, where referee Aaron... At Dunkin', we're getting ready for sunnier days with our Sunrise Batch Iced Coffee. A bright and balanced iced coffee with notes of cocoa, tangy sweetness, and toasted nuts. Made to brighten every day a little more. Soak in the sunshine a little more. And fill every moment with a little more, more. Because we aren't just chasing sunsets anymore. We're counting sunrises too. Do more with Dunkin' Sunrise Batch Iced Coffee. Brewed for brighter days. Enjoy a medium for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Wild was just beaten within about an inch of his life. Uh, by one of the wrestlers in the Royal Quest tag match. Um, the basics of it is this. The referee was in the middle of the ring and then was pulled from inside to outside and was just severely, severely pummeled on the outside of the ring and hospitalized. So WWE sees this, and I'm sure um, you know all of the, the corporate gurus that are in there said to Vince, hey, you don't know what's going to happen here. Let's get these guys out of there, which is exactly what happened. Um, but at the same time, I mean, the guy that was responsible for the incident with the beatdown of the referee, he's no longer employed there. Uh, Revolution Pro publicly stated that they had and wanted nothing to do with that person any further. So they had done what you would think they would have to do to separate well, themselves from that incident. So let me ask you this. Sure. So, I mean, the going the going thing is that Vince subsidized ECW at one time, right? Um, anybody want to tell me about what they used to do? And I'm pretty sure he would have been doing it while a certain fellow like New Jack was around. Very true. So I again. Who knows exactly why? 
I seriously doubt that if this guy's no longer going to be on the card, that that's the reason they decide to pull him. I think there has something to do, something more to do somewhere along the way, but I think it was a bad move on their part for pulling that talent. Um, you know, again, people are paying to go see those mm-hmm. those people. And for you to be like, nah, uh, we're going to pull him. Let's, let's pull him. I mean, I feel like this is one of those situations where, one way or the other, they should have at least compensated him. Okay, you're yeah. going to be out projected X amount of dollars because these guys can't be there. Fine, here's, it sucks, but here's a check. You know what I mean? Because you're right. going to pull these talent. And I don't disagree with the reasoning as far as if that's, if if the event at Revolution Pro with the referee getting the crap beat out of him is the true reason that they pulled him, is it a crappy thing to do? Of course. It's a horrible look on the company, and it does make them look like... It just makes them look evil, you know? It makes them look greedy. But at the same time, eh, I mean, come on, man. You, this is a business where supposedly uh, everybody wants everybody to su- succeed, even though this business is really nobody wants anybody to succeed. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's and, just it's just a shame. And again, I could have pulled my talent, right, and said, "Hey, I don't want them to wrestle, mm-hmm. but I will send them there for autograph signings or whatever. I'll compensate you, and I'll send somebody else down there too. Right. I'll send a big name, right? I don't want them in your ring. However, I'm gonna I'm gonna still help you out." Mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, think about that. So, I don't know how many matches are on the card, right? Right. Hopefully, they reimburse their money, but you know as well as I do that if they pull out close enough to the date, it is hard as crap to find somebody to fill those spots. Oh, it is. It definitely is. So, if, you're, if your card is six matches, well, half of them just walked out the door. And then you you may be able to find uh, competent replacements. And then again, you may not. So you royally just screwed them over, Mm -hmm. you know, by doing that. So, you know, kudos for Cody for coming through in the clutch and... You know, I, I think the WWE could have done more, honestly. Again, I, I, okay, you don't want them to wrestle. I, okay, don't put them in the ring. However, hey, let's do this. Let's do this. Hey, how about I send uh, Tyler Bate and some of the rest of them down there to help sign autographs? Right, right. Send on me. Smash Mountain or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, on me. We're going to send these six because you've – You've already showed, put them on the on the poster. They're they're going to sign autographs. I'm going to send you, you know, mustache mountain, whatever, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And you could have done it because the guys are under contract to y'all, and he would have gone down there and signed autographs. And I think they would have made they would have made great headway in having better partnerships overseas. I think this will hurt them in the long run. Um, because what's going to happen is Southside's going to continue to move. They're going to continue to do what they've been doing. And, okay, let's just say Southside closes up, because actually I think 
this may have been one of their last shows or something like mm-hmm. that that they were trying to go out on a high note. Well, promoters that are seeing this in the UK, they could be p- potentially less likely to want to work with Triple H and the rest of them as far as increasing the UK brand because of the fact that this sort of thing is happening. It's just, you know, it's sad. Well, I don't know if they'll they'll think any or use them any less, but now I think they're going to see that there's an alternative to, you know, somebody that's willing to work with us. You know, it, it's not the uh, owner's fault that uh, the guy did what he did. It's not the promoter's fault. Mm-hmm. It's not the ref's fault. You know, clearly this guy, it happened. He's no longer there. Not only are you going to punish the rest of the company, but you're going to punish the fans. And excuse me, at the end of the day, I think that's what sometimes when you're all alone and you can do whatever you want or think you can do whatever you want, you tend to forget because it's the fans that ultimately pay the bills. It's the fans that you should take care of. And I think right now that might be the big difference between AEW and the WWE. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't afford to take too many risks like this with it not coming back and just leaving you with egg on your face. And somehow, I just feel like somehow this is going to happen where WWE is just going to regret regret doing this because they could have definitely handled it better. Um, I wanted to go ahead and point out before we continue to move forward, um, uh, the show C2C Radio's uh, con- condolences to the family of Rick Bogner. Uh, better known as the uh, fake Razor Ramon back in WWF's New Generation days. Um, He apparently passed away suddenly at the age of 49. It was uh, announced early this morning. Um, He did actually used to work with uh, Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling out in Japan where he worked under the name of Big Titan. And he actually had a pretty big following over there. So a lot of uh, friends and family from... uh, his WWF days as, as well as multiple other promotions that he's worked, including the Cauliflower Alley Club, uh, passing along their condolences. Boy, 49 is just early. Yep. Wow. That's real early. So, um, we go from there. We talked about our ambulance chasing issue. <laughs> Get it? Huh? Ambulance chaser? Huh? Uh, okay, to actually a pretty cool mm-hmm. partnership that uh, came out. This was, I think, Friday that they started releasing images for this. Brian, this one's right up our alley, dude. This is comic books and wrestling. We love this. Oh, yeah. Uh, so DC Comics have apparently entered into a partnership with everybody's favorite uh, new doll on the scene in AEW. Uh, they have released some pictures of uh, Adam Page. Uh, I don't know if I've seen any. I don't think I've seen anybody else. I did see the Page one. Looks kind of cool. Um, it's only fitting that DC would do this. Uh, right now, um, DC is producing top-notch stories. They've got uh, some of the best artists out there. They're literally giving Marvel a run for their money um, 
over the past few years. Uh, so it's kind of kind of cool. And uh, did Marvel ever do any WWE stuff? Actually, trying they to remember. did. WWE did and they? Marvel Comics had a partnership for at least a couple years where they were releasing what if WWE was in the Avengers and all sorts of different things. Would John Cena be considered as Captain America? That's just a couple of the different things that I remember them doing during their partnership. Um, but nothing quite as neat as far as the art that we're seeing from DC Comics for AEW. I remember the the fantasy storyline kind of thing on WWE.com. But it'll be interesting to see what else gets done with this. Knowing knowing, knowing Tony Khan and Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, since they're all kind of into comic books, I would not be surprised if there was somehow an AEW comic. I mean, Headlocked has already been vastly successful. Why not? Well, I, I think that's on the way. Um, although, you know, maybe they spin it and they become some team of supervillains or something. Um, but with, uh, Cody, you know, already being in the arrow universe, um, this does make a lot of sense and, uh, hopefully, you know, maybe, maybe he'll get to be a villain, uh, somewhere along the way. I mean, it's, it makes good sense to me to see it happen. I think that there's a lot of interest in seeing this partnership continue, especially since, like you said, I mean, AEW is that shiny new toy that's on the shelf. Everybody wants an AEW something, whether Mm -hmm. it's a t-shirt or a video game or a CD or whatever they can get their hands on. Everybody wants... Actually, do they still use CDs? Uh, I think so. Now they're back to records. (laughs) A a cassette and vinyl. (laughs) I want the new AEW I don't know about a cassette, (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah i mean you know again what what did the wwe do in the 80s you know they they put it in the hands of the kids you know you got you got the the toys started popping up the cartoons started popping up um you know they're just taking a page out of i don't know what the wwe's done get it out there to the kids Especially if they can get a comic book and uh, see if see if it bites. Well, I mean, and that's that's the coolest part. I mean, is they continue to experiment. They're they're following not a new formula. Mm-mm. It's not really a new thing to go out there and to cater to, you know, the kids in the audience or the preteens or the you know the, all of it's been done before. They're just doing it all at the same time right now. Right. Which is kind of remarkable if you really think about it in today's marketplace. Like how how they could do all of these different steps and different pieces all at the same time, I'm not sure. But they're definitely doing it. I mean they're they're making headway on their audience with kids and with teenagers to preteen and to a young adult. Um, they're they're bringing in the LGBTQ community. They're bringing in um, you know all of the different facets of wrestling fandom that you can think of, they somehow are managing to do it all at the same time. Well, so I, I don't know how difficult it is for certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for some, they just have to be willing to uh, have a principle and stand by that principle, right? So they've kind of shot themselves in the foot in some regard as in uh, what they tell you they're going to do, right? You know, the, the this is going to be different than the WWE, and here's why. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's going to get an opportunity. You know, all this stuff counts. Um, you know, if you put butts in the seats, that's going to help you move up the ladder. If you don't, then, you know, there may not be a place for you. We'll go find somebody else. You know, they've talked a big game and... I think though over the they've had the the ability over the last year or so however long they've been putting this together to pick and choose you know what worked here what worked what didn't work um you know what made the NWA successful what made the WWE successful um and so I imagine that's probably what they did they just picked everybody apart well, and that's and that's exactly what you would want to do as a, as a relatively new business owner. You want to study your audience. You want to study what's going to make you the most money, and how. Like you want to you want to know the strategy before you go out there. And because you've got so many people from different parts of the business, like you've got WWE guys, Impact guys, you've got people from Japan, you've got people from just the Indies everybody's got a different take and a different spin so that when it all comes together, I mean, right now it just makes money. Mm-hmm. And speaking of uh, AEW and Impact, so did you see the report that uh, Impact lost some people yeah. from their production crew? <laughs> they just walked down on them and apparently are going to AEW? Yeah, so how in the world, if if you're Impact in the middle of this great time where it is to be you, because you just, you're going to Access TV, you're going to be involved with most likely Mark Cuban, New Japan, Women of Wrestling Superheroes. Oop, I got it right. Three weeks in a row. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got all these cool things happening, and then all of a sudden, there's this report that comes out that basically states, Impact's production team. Leaving, including Kevin Sullivan, not the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan. It's another Kevin Sullivan, uh, but who is a prominent member of the backstage production team for Impact. Basically, as Brian just said, walks out. And well, now they're at AEW. Yeah, and supposedly, I guess it was Kevin Sullivan's production team. Right. So, but it's still got to suck. You know, Every time you move forward, even a little, mm-hmm. there's always somebody there to, whether it's yourself or somebody else, there to just punch you right in the mouth and sit you back down. And this, and again, this time it's it's from somebody from your own company. You know, it wasn't yeah. when when the Hardys left. When the Hardys went to WWE, that was a punch in the mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, and granted, it was it was Ed Northam and and some of the people in charge over there that were behind the scenes, not necessarily booking Impact, but just behind the scenes in boardrooms that were getting in the way of these guys being successful. So they left. But now, I mean, as things continue to happen, you gotta feel that 
part of you has got to feel sorry for Don Callis because you wonder how much of it he's even involved with when it comes to pay and how, how all of that's handled. But also the question starts being being asked of, well, what happens next? How many more people do you got to lose before finally something changes hands? Or, you know, we can't say the door's closed because every time we say the doors are going to close, <laughs> they, they get reinvigorated. Somebody brings them back with a defibrillator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel sorry for Don. But, you know, I'm not going to say it's a toxic company. I'm not going to say it's a cancerous company. But somewhere along the way, you just have to, like, say, okay, enough's enough. You know, we need to quit screwing ourselves over. Mm-hmm. Um you know, if we got to get rid of this person because he's not helping it, you know, that may be what you have to do. Because um, I really think they could be a solid number two in the market. But they just keep hosing themselves over. You know, I always wondered what it would look like for a guy to physically kick himself in the nuts. And Impact mm-hmm. always has these Im- these mistakes that happen with them, and then it just kind of tells me how that story would look. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully one day they get this fixed up because truly, like like you just said, I mean, it, they did and still do have the potential to be something major. Mm-hmm. I mean, if done right. Uh, speaking of that, hey, major headway still being made by Tessa Blanchard as she is headed to the X Division title match. Apparently, it's at uh, Bound for Glory. Yep, one of five. Um, is it a ladder match too? I believe it is. I believe this match for this first five-person match is going to be a ladder match for the X Division title. You gotta figure they're gonna pull the trigger on her winning that title. Oh, yeah. Um, She is one of the hardest ones working out there. Uh, Not just, you know, for female, but for the males also. Mm -hmm. Um, I think she deserves it. Uh, I think that would probably be, I'm trying to think, to my recollection, that might be the first female to hold uh, what so far has been a male uh, title in Impact. Um, so she would be crossing boundaries and being the trendsetter that she is. Um, so that would be good for her. Yeah, I mean, I think that when it comes to women that you could trust to be able to work in intergender matchup and actually make it look good, um, in my opinion, I think Tessa Blanchard is one of those one of those women that can do it. That she can make you suspend your disbelief because you know there's we've said it many times that intergender wrestling can work and can do really well, but it all depends on who's in the ring, and that's not a slight to any woman or man. It's just observation as to if you got a if you've got Kevin Nash, you're not going to put Gail Kim in there and expect a five-star, you know, ball buster of a match. But if you've got, say, AJ Styles or Adam Cole or Sammy Callahan or Eddie Edwards, and you put them in the ring with Tessa Blanchard, 
you should know that you can expect a matchup that's going to be great. We already saw proof that this could work with Tessa Blanchard and Brian Cage a couple years ago when she did it at um, uh, Wrestle Circus, I think is what it was called. Mm-hmm. That matchup well, was phenomenal. I mean, you've also seen her and Sammy Callahan. Yes. Um, which was a really good match. And uh, to me, that's a little su- surprising uh, based off of you know Callahan style. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they can do it, she can do it with anybody. And I think that this is one of those situations where if you do it right, if you put the right people in the ring, you can tell a hell of a story, and you can make people believe anything you want them to believe. That's the best part. And I mean, because of a the because of the talent really that. Tessa Blanchard has her ticket is written anywhere she wants to go. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just it, to me. It kind of goes without saying. When she wants to go to WWE, she'll go. When she wants to go to AEW, she'll go. Wherever she wants to go, she'll have a place to to land. And it's because, not because of her name, but just because of who she is as a wrestler. Yeah, I, she may very well surpass her father's legacy. And uh, I, I think she is very quickly cementing one of her own. Well, I mean, she definitely has made huge headway. And if you're really looking at the overall wrestling business and the women's evolution or revolution in the wrestling world, uh, Tessa Blanchard has to be at the front of that pack. Um, she, Jordan Grace, uh, you know, Charlotte Flair, of course, Becky Lynch. You know, those are just a few of the many, many women right now that are making women's wrestling just tremendous. Um, and not, you can't really leave Sasha Banks out of that conversation either because she's done a hell of a job. Yeah, I, well, I don't think you can leave any of the the WWE's four out. Yeah. Even Bailey, um, even though I'm not, uh, you know, sold on her all that much. Um, I think she has um, definitely helped uh, reinvigorate the WWE's, you know, female division. Right. And, I mean, there's just so much room right now for for growth and expansion within, honestly, within an intergender kind of matchup because you've got so many just very versatile talents, whether they're male or female. So... It's only a matter of time before they really, really mix it up on a full-time basis, in my opinion. Now, whether or not that becomes successful kind of remains to be seen, because I think you're going to have a lot of boundaries to break with that. But I think it's if there's a time to do it, it would be now. Yeah, but so I think, again, this is where when you think of that, you think um, you get stuck in the bobblehead mode. Um, it is being done, right? It's being done all over the country. And it's being done successfully all over the country. And some of these um, matches are spectacular matches. But it's still, I think, so new to the common fan. And by common, I mean the one that just watches the WWE, you know, 
um, doesn't watch Impact or doesn't go to an indie show. It's so new to them uh, that it will take them time. Mm-hmm. But I think the the for the fans that go out there and go to the indie shows and you know will spend the money to watch the pay per views and will put on YouTube and go searching for this stuff. Or if they follow somebody on Facebook and Twitter and, oh, you know, I was just in this, you need to go check it out and they'll go looking for it. It's not nothing new. It's been going on for years. Um, I mean, Joey Ryan's been doing it for a while as far as a male that does it all the time. Um, eh, excuse me. Um, so again, I, I just think that that train of thought is based off of, well, it doesn't happen in the WWE and I think it will. I think we were close with the mixed, uh, tag matches mm-hmm. that we had, uh, what this year and last year. Yeah, the Mixed Match right. Challenge, yeah. Yeah. I, I think you may... You'll have an opportunity in, in something like that to have it take place. And at first, it'll just be a spot or two. And then if the crowd doesn't just freak out, you'll start to see it more. I think there's a lot of it that, you know... You you pointed out that it's being done all all over the world right now, and it is, but it's still being treated as special attraction. Like even with Tessa Blanchard, they're treating it, uh, they're treating it like it's a, it's a special attraction. Only, I want to point out that when they're doing that now versus when they started doing it, it's a little different of a special attraction. If that makes sense. I, yeah, but I still don't I still don't think they're treating it like a special attraction because again, now she's in a legitimate uh, X division match mm-hmm. and it's not just her and somebody else it's her and four other guys right um, with the possibility a good possibility that she's going to walk home with that title um, I, I think this special attraction left years ago and it's again it's just something not everybody's used to seeing so that might be where some people think it's a special attraction when, again, it's not. Um, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm not trying to trying to put you in any type of light or nothing. I just think that I think, you know, five years ago it was special attraction. Nowadays it's such commonplace. Um, it's no – it. There's nothing special to it. I, I I can I'll lay money. You could literally have a federation, and there not be any divisions as far as men or women, mm-hmm. and you would just you know men would wrestle women, women wrestle women, women wrestle men, men wrestle men, and you wouldn't have a special women's division. And everybody would be okay with it. It may not be for everybody, because we know from 
reading Twitter for some of these some of these fans, but if it was good, if the product was good, the true fan would um, watch it and wouldn't think nothing of it. Yeah, I think that there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, when it comes down to what we see now versus what we saw by your description five years ago, yeah, there's a huge point for that. I mean, it is done more and more often now than it ever has been done before. I think with the way I look at it, and and I could be you know off base on it. I'm certainly not saying that I'm not willing to uh, adapt and overcome. I mean, I'm able to learn from New Japan. I learned from Ring of Honor, and I'll learn from this too. I just think that there is still... I think there's just still a sect, and, and just like you pointed out, we see it on Twitter mostly, of fans that just for whatever reason just can't get out of their own head that this isn't the 70s and 80s. You know, right. you can't just have Rock and Robin and Wendy Richter all the time. You got to mix it up and do something. And I get right. it. You know, you like what you like, and that's what makes wrestling so cool. Because not everybody has to like the same flavor of ice cream, and I'm okay with that. But at the same point, there's room, and and it makes sense to see it happen. Well, and let me point this out too. So if you go back, oh God, I could I couldn't tell you how many years to a certain. Uh, intercontinental match mm-hmm. where didn't China win the Intercontinental Championship? That's right. She beat uh, she beat uh, Jeff Jarrett, yep, right? Yep. And she was in the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. And um, she wrestled Eddie too, right? She did. She wrestled Eddie. She wrestled Jericho. Remember her feud with Jericho for the first Intercontinental Championship run that they had. Um, remember Jericho smashing her hand with a hammer? You know, backstage yeah, at a Raw so. one night. I mean, they've it's been done, and we've seen it. It's just all about having the right talent in place. Yeah, but so so let me ask you. So, and, and I'll uh, let me make a point. I guess I'll lay money that had uh, China not left the WWE. Okay. Mm-hmm. It would be more commonplace. It may not happen all the time, but it would be more commonplace to see a mixed gender match, mm-hmm. and we wouldn't have this discussion today. Probably true. I would do. I would wager a bet, a bet to go even further and say that China may have been the first ever woman to hold the men's women heavyweight champ world heavyweight championship. Because at the time, she was so popular, and they were crossing such boundaries with her. Mm-hmm. She, she'd have never did, She would have never done, done her adult films. She'd have never gone that direction because she would have still been making that money. Unless, I mean, and, and again, I don't, I don't like to speak ill of the dead, but there was always rumor that her ability to perform was getting hindered by her distraction about Triple H and Stephanie. Well, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm just talking like the in-ring product. So, okay. yeah. Cause, uh, we don't have that many hours in a day to <laughs> very true <laughs> talk about that one. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. So I, I hear you. even, even for the bobbleheads, if they know their history, mm-hmm. it's been done. Right. Right. And they have women that could do it today. 
I will lay money that you could probably get any of the four. Uh, horsewomen could do it. I think Oscar could do it very easily. Um, I think Alexa Bliss could do it in the right circumstance. Mm-hmm. Natalia could do it. Um, I mean, it's been done. This isn't a new bridge for anybody. I mean, I mean, a lot of people have done it, and a lot of people are doing it. And I just think it's just uh, uh, the thought process. We have to come, we have to, you know, come up to this age. Mm-hmm. Because there, I mean, Tessa could be. Uh, if you think about it, could very easily become Impact World Champion. Yeah. And it would be believable to the point where nobody would have an issue with it. No, I agree, because there's a lot of... there's a lot of conversation about just who some of the top performers are in the world, regardless of gender, and Tessa Blanchard remains at the top of that conversation. Mm-hmm. Charlotte could do it easily. Uh, I think Becky could do it easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sasha may need help, um, but I think could Natalia make... could do it. Yeah, I think she'd need help though. Um, I think she'd need like that partner to hold the leg or something to make it convincing. Um, Jordan Grace could do it. Yeah, an impact, sure. Um, I mean, so the, you have plenty of plenty of women out there that can do it and make it convincing. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the waters are going to keep being tested, and eventually, you're going to see one of them sneak that win in there for that heavyweight title, and then you'll just forget about having a women's division and a men's division. And, you know, it'll just be a thing of the past. Yeah. I could truly see that. I mean, I don't think we're all that far from it. What de- The deciding factor becomes what happens first. And Tessa Blanchard winning the X Division title could be that, that moment. It could be the kickstart that that kicks everything else off. You never know. Yeah. And, and again, I, I wouldn't be shocked if, say, Triple H did it in NXT if... Uh, if the right circumstance presented itself. I mean, I could see, uh, I could see Candice LeRae pulling it off against like Tommaso Ciampa. Mm -hmm. You know, you have Gargano come down at the right moment. That would be, that would be tremendous actually. That'd be huge. But Candice LeRae was the one that was working with uh, Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, she knows very well <laughs> do it and you know and, and another person that honestly could have could still do it if she ever decided to come back would be Beth Phoenix oh yeah no doubt about Beth yeah so and and I think we could probably talk about this one this could be a whole daggone episode to be perfectly honest with you um, I think there's tons of women talent female talent out there now that it's just changed the game for for the better but just changed it for good um, but we got other stuff we got to cover as well as we head towards the Wednesday Night Wars. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> if you ask Kenny Omega, it, it's a war because all those guys in NXT would be opening the show for him. We talked about that last week. Um, 
But hey, you know, did did you realize that John Morrison was going to go to WWE? Did you know that he resigned? Hmm. Well, let's just say I was uh, I was a little shocked when I read that uh, Morrison had signed with the WWE. Well, Brian, it's funny you mentioned that you were shocked. You know who else was shocked? Who? John Morrison. <laughs> So, and and I had just this week, just what, two days ago, given PW Insider some credits. And yeah, you know, they're usually pretty dead on. Yeah, so PW Insider uh, reports that John Morrison is on his way back to WWE um, and is returning to his, you know, to his glory or former glory. Twitter goes nuts. Everybody's tweeting how they want to see him get back with The Miz and so on and so on. And, hey, even me, I'm like, hey, guys, just check it out. John Morrison's headed back to WWE. How cool is that? Uh, and then John Morrison says, hey, hey, thanks, PW Insider. I didn't know that. This is and his wife says she doesn't <laughs> know that. <laughs> yeah. um, so, look, I'm not going to say that it's not going to happen because, hey, you know, stuff like this has gotten spoiled before. And yeah, it would be kind of cool to see John Morrison go back to WWE. Don't get me wrong. I'm not against that happening. But, um, maybe, (laughs) possibly, check your sources. (laughs) Maybe, I don't know, call the wrestler that you're talking about and go, Hey, can you confirm that you've signed said comment or contract? Because uh, directly from Twitter, hey, thanks for the heads up, PWInsider.com. Please let me know when I'm signed with AEW or Ring of Honor. Oops. All right, so <laughs> I, I I know and you know from past experience, when there's smoke, there's normally fire. True. Right? So I wouldn't be overly shocked if it wasn't uh, a done deal and maybe it was just a handshake at this point in time, or, you know, they were waiting to get to a certain city or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's pretty bad when you literally screw the pooch and have him come out and say, uh, don't think so. (laughs) Surprise. Surprise. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, hey, I mean, if we're going to put surprises out there, you know, I mean, it's 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 getting closer to the Wednesday Night War. Might as well put this one out there. Hey, CM Punk's on his way back. But where? Well, wasn't, he, <laughs> wasn't he just in California cutting some video for a backstage segment or something for the WWE? So here's where the rumor comes out. And again, PW Insider behind this report. So, hey, let's just put it this way. If both John Morrison doesn't show up anywhere in the next few weeks and CM Punk doesn't show up in a backstage segment, well, no, PW Insider is full of poop. But for the time being, CM Punk apparently showed up in Los Angeles for a backstage-type show. Um, And apparently... Apparently, WWE is not really trying to keep this quiet, but CM Punk did quite well. And while it's uncomfortable for both sides, because, you know, hey, everybody knows what happened with Punk and WWE, this is something that Fox is apparently pulling the trigger on. 
So yeah, I could only imagine the uh, the meeting. Hey, you know, uh, this show on FS1 WWE backstage is getting hell of a great ratings. CM Punk and uh, Renee Young are doing a great job. Could you imagine Triple H and Vince just going, "Yeah, they're doing great." Uh, moving on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, but uh, again, who knows, you know, maybe it was for a video or something, you know, for all we know, um, we can always hold out hope, but, uh, it's looking, Stan, like you're not going to get to see CM Punk. Yeah, I mean, because apparently AEW has not contacted him either. Well, that's what he says. No, what he said was that they contacted him over a tweet. So that they sent him a tweet. And Cody has subsequently come out and said, uh, no, that's not true. Um, because we tried to have a sit down. And I think Punk supposedly blew him off. Yeah, it's it's interesting because... You know, Cody has been very vocal about the door being open for pretty much everybody. Um, and how he would love to see Punk come in, but at the same time, you know, he said, in, and this is a, uh interview that was from uh, Collider Live as they were hyping up the uh, television debut. Well, he, he, he responds by saying, well, he did kind of make us look like dumbasses, saying we sent him a text offer. I'm sure if we texted him, we also called him. Uh, someone also met him in a coffee shop. We made genuine efforts. In 2019, he's had some time away from the ring. We've got we to gotta focus on who really wants to be on board with us versus going out and finding someone who perhaps doesn't want to be part of this. Um, I didn't really communicate with him further after that. I expected to see him at StarCast. He gave this great live show where he was great with his answers. I'm sure we're running to run into each other at some point. So Cody basically says, well, yeah, you kind of made me look like an idiot. Thanks. <laughs> you know, I, and I kind of agree with him. There's no reason in the world that if you're in in this business to be successful that you're not going to contact people that are going to move the needle. Including CM Punk. I mean, okay, sure, maybe he turned you down. But for Punk to not openly one way or say it, and I'm a huge CM Punk fan, perhaps the, the biggest fan on the show for sure, um, I just don't see how you wouldn't contact him. But at the same time, I kind of agree with Cody. Sometimes you got to just say, okay, if he doesn't want to be here, he doesn't want to be here. Let's just keep him moving. Well, um, I think that's true um, as far as... You know, they have their pick right now. Right. Uh, uh, any free free agent out there. I mean, and as cool as CM Punk would have been, it's not like they really need him. Um, but again, who knows how much of this is might be a little smoke, too. So that's, I mean, that's the bad part about this business. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, we work in an age now where we live in an age now where there is no real... I I hate even using the word because I just feel like it's abused, but there's no real kayfabe anymore. It's just all smoke and mirrors. Like, it used to be, 
you never heard these rumors. You just you just saw these guys show up, right? Like when Luger shows up on Nitro, nobody knew that his contract was was up with WWE. Nobody knew that he had a handshake agreement with Vince. We don't find that out for two years. We don't find that out until the Monday Night War is in full swing. So, you know, now it's, you gotta say, ah, you know, they're a bunch of jerks, they never contacted me. You gotta get it and dress it up even more. So maybe I have it totally wrong. Maybe kayfabe's alive and well, it's just evolved. You know, it's just transformed into this thing now where you never really ever know. Um, I don't know if it's evolved or not, but I think somebody like Cody might still be in the business you know the wwe is too for in some regard but i think a guy like cody might be like well yeah and i'm not saying this is what's taking place but right well let's generate let's do this to see if we can't generate some some noise some buzz and uh you know see what happens well, and that makes sense. I mean, I would do that. I think any business person would could see the value of creating some buzz. And all you really have to do is just saying, well, I wouldn't say no if he wanted to show up. You don't even really have to confirm any meeting. You just go, I wouldn't say no. Because now everybody's like, oh, CM Punk's going to AEW. And then it's, well, CM Punk has seen it in Los Angeles for WWE backstage. Ah, CM Punk's back in WWE. I mean, we haven't seen it yet, guys. There's not a picture <laughs> there's not, you know, there's not a video footage of him getting off an airplane saying, hey, get that camera out of my effing face. Nothing. But, you know, hey, Morrison at least does his part and is like, uh, yeah, it was news to me. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Which is weird because I think he's not wrestling for anybody right now. Yeah, I don't, uh. Would he go by Johnny Elite if he showed up in AEW? No, they They'd probably put the Morrison moniker back on him. I mean, he's been Johnny Johnny Mundo, Johnny Impact, Johnny Nitro, John Morrison. He, I think he even went by Hennigan. So, yeah, why not uh, Johnny Elite? Yeah, I mean, I guess anything's possible, but... <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm just saying. I'm not saying, but I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. I got you, man. So, uh, we do have other things to speculate and pontificate upon, but hey, I know that Brian happens to have in his possession the September edition of Pro Wrestling Crate. And this one was all about the tag teams, but I'm not going to give it away, Brian. I want you to tell the world what you got in your September crate for the wrestling crate. Oh, well, let's see here. Let me just uh, grab this and uh, open the box. Now, we should note that there will be pictures up on the the website if you want to take a look at what... Uh, what I'm putting out there. So here we are. So this month's crate was tag teams part three, part trace, trace, trios, trios. Is that right? 
Part Partridge. Partridge. All right, so tag teams part three. Tag team back again. Mm-mm, don't you do that? Don't uh, don't ever do that again. Oh come on, man! Don't ever do it again. It. So we're gonna start it off with a nice blue T-shirt that hopefully somewhere along the way I'll get to wear. Um, because it's got Chad, too bad, <laughs> and Sex Ferguson on it. Brother me softly. <laughs> <laughs> it was always fun when when something like that sneaks in there. You know, because uh, those little skits were always so fun to watch. I mean, how do you not like Southpaw Regional Wrestling? It's just so good. <laughs> yeah. So that would be my second Southpaw shirt, by the way. Uh, first being the official Southpaw Wrestling shirt. Uh, and then we have... We're going to... Pull out this nice green one. Because, you know, green is the color of money. And this particular shirt has Nicky Matt Jackson on it, the Young Bucks, in a uh, picture that could only be described as the middle of a dollar bill. To me, that's what it looks like, or maybe one of the side, one of the sides of a dollar. Okay. Um. It says in bucks we trust, and I sure as hell do. Uh, I'm thinking I may actually wear this on Wednesday night. Oh, you're gonna be that guy, huh? I might be that guy, yes, to bust out my young buck shirt. Although it probably won't last. Probably won't last. Yeah, I'll probably get up there and be like, "Oh, I gotta have that." So, and then I'll see the LJN Young Bucks figures, and I'll be like, oh, I gotta have that! Oh, Jesus Christ, I can't live without that. So the question, folks, is how much is going to get spent, and how hard is Stan going to laugh when he says, hey, Brian, why don't you help me out? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I, well, the only thing I'd really pick up, well, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute or two. Uh, so, then, we have... A graphic novel from Cheeto Comics, Chido Cheeto, in which they must have done one shots involving some of the more popular uh, luchadors. Now, now this one I actually know a little bit about. Kevin Kleinrock, who is uh, one of the guys in charge of the Lucha Republic has been promoting this on LinkedIn all week long. And this is cool. It's got, uh, I feel like an idiot. I don't know the guys in the background too well, but I know the guys on the front. <laughs> Leading the charge is Rey Mysterio. you got the Lucha Brothers on the right. And who's this guy on the left, Brian? Who is that guy? All right, so you got Rey Mysterio. you got the Lucha Brothers. Uh, Solar and Super Astro. Ah, okay. 
you have Conan. Oh, And then you have, and don't catch me lying, uh, Ty Nablus Jr. Ty Nablus. Let's give Brian credit for just nailing all of these. Nice job, dude. I. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's how you say that. Hey, <laughs> you know what though? You pulled it out. I would not have. I'd have just been like, I know those guys, and that's about all I can do. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> Uh, so it's, but it's a collection of their one shots, uh, that was put out, um, by Chido, Cheeto Comics. And I'm looking at the very last page, which would be for Conan, and it says to be continued. So it looks like at least, well, there's another one to be continued. So it looks like they're going to be more than just one shots that's pretty cool yeah so may have to keep an eye out and see if uh you know give it six months to see if they don't combine the books and make them like a lucha libre style superhero team or something so um let me take a look here how many pages is that uh graphic novel too uh doesn't say but it's the size of a regular graphic novel. Pretty cool. Yep. So I'll get to reading that eventually. So then, again, it's always nice when you get a little something in there you weren't quite expecting. We have an FTR pin for uh, Forever, the Revival. Yay. Top guys on the pen. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Uh, it's always nice to get a little WWE action in there. Well, Brian, I have a question for you. Is it really WWE action? Uh, well, I mean, since I don't want any letters to be sent to my house. (laughs) Well, they don't have, they don't have our addresses, do they? Uh, who knows? I'm not going to say that it's going to happen for sure, but this leads me to the question, and then I'm going to let you finish with your crate, but the question of who Chris Jericho's mystery partners are going to be. Now, please, no. continue with your no. crate. No. You they're, still so? under, they're still under contract. Are they? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Eli Drake here in the house. <laughs> Oh, uh, I'm I'm pretty sure they were told they get, they got re-signed for six more months uh, <laughs> earlier this year, and the contracts wouldn't have run out until I think October, November. So you don't remember that the I, WWE were like, uh, "You're still under contract for an additional six months." What well, what happens if they just breach their contract? Uh, they're. Well, not just breaching the contract, but I'm sure they still have that uh, no TV clause in there, too. What, do they get sued and lose a lot of money? Does Tony Khan say, hey, I'll pay you? I, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that they're, uh, you know, that's a whole lot of money to just be pissing down the drain. <laughs> No, man. I mean, all right, yes, there's been reports that their contracts don't end until April of next year. 
But I've also seen reports that they never re-signed. Not well, saying, not saying, but I'm saying. So, so let me let me ask you something, and then I'll finish because you have to stop getting people on tangents. <laughs> You're killing me. It's too much fun. <laughs> so, so they de- debut. They get hurt for like two years. They win the titles. They lose the titles. They start getting punked out. Right. Right. They're they're shaving backs in the bathroom, the whole nine yards. Hey, they're right? just helping each other out. That's what a good tag right? partner does. The the cream down the trunks and all that, right? Literally getting punked out. Why? Because their contracts were coming due and they hadn't re-signed yet. And then all of a sudden, in one glorious night, they stop making fun of them and they become tag team champions, and they're put in a high profile. Uh, program for a little bit. Now they've kind of disappeared again. You don't, I mean, you don't think that's not how the WWE operates, considering they did it to Gallows and Anderson also. Mm-hmm. And we know they resigned. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm just saying, there's, there's reports, and this is as of September 24th, that even though... The Revival has just recently become SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Apparently, they haven't signed any extensions. But WWE is making a renewed effort to keep them. Well, yeah, but so they still can't, they couldn't appear on TV um, without uh, breaching the contract or whatever. That's true. That would definitely be breached. There's no argument or doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) you know, if Khan wants to fork the money, go on with it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, man. If if you truly want to recreate a war, go on and pull that one off. Because that that just reeks of Lex Lex Luger in the Mall of America the first night of uh, Raw went live. (laughs) I mean, not raw, but uh, nitro. Man, I mean, you could just—you could literally just see it. It would be yeah. just. Uh, I don't yeah, know. I'm not man. buying it. I'm not buying it. We'll wait and see. My money would be more on the Briscoes or the Gorillas. But anyway, Continue, get off sir. the tangent. Thank <laughs> Proceeds. <you>. Thank you. <laughs> So, uh, next up is the Demolition Axe Micro Brawler, which I love these little micro brawlers, even though you can't really brawl with them, but they're fun for display. So, but we have one half of, uh, the Demolition currently in our possession. We'll talk about the other one here in a little bit. Then we have from High Spots, Wrestling's Greatest Tag Teams. Wrestling's Greatest Tag Teams. And when you say Wrestling's Greatest Tag Teams, I mean, who who is listed on this on this remarkable DVD? Mm, all right, so 
some of the greatest tag teams of all times. They have footage for Bruiser Brody and Stan Hansen. Mm-hmm. I'm liking that. Mm-hmm. The Lucha Brothers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh? Huh? The Midnight Express. Definitely. Yes. Now, that would depend on which version we get. Hmm. Okay. Because if it was the uh, Dennis Condry and, uh, what, Randy Rhodes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I could put them on here. Really? <laughs> but if... No, if it's Bobby and Dennis, for sure. If it's Bobby and Stan, for sure. I just not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sold on the other version. You know. Wow. All right. I, I'm just not. I, you know. I don't know. We can discuss that another day. I don't. I don't know. We might have to do a world's best tag team discussion. On the uh, corner to corner. <laughs> the Miracle Violence Collection? I don't know who that is. I don't either. So we're, we got some homework to do, I guess. We definitely do. The Steiner Brothers? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The Rock and Roll Express? The Outsiders? The Briscoe Brothers? The Young Bucks, the Dudleys, the Hardys, and last but not least, the Road Warriors. That, uh, you know, that is a compelling list of top tag teams. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That could be some good matches. Yeah, well, it doesn't say, uh, like, what any of the matches are. After mm-hmm. our matches, so I don't know if this is more like one of those uh, where they bring up Bruiser Brody and Stan Hansen and talk about them when they show a clip or something. So I won't know until I bust that bad boy open and take a look. See, might have to be but a C two C watch along. Yeah, it might. So and then, as in every pro wrestling crate. There's always one autograph, or in this case, two autographs, because it's a tag team box. And Who'd you get? For this particular month, we have, you want to take a guess? Uh, the Bucks. You finally got the Bucks. Oh, I've had the Bucks. Uh, you finally got... Oh, oh, wait a minute. I, that's no fair. I actually kind of know already. Uh, well, you didn't have to tell anybody. You could have kept playing along. Dang, damn it. Jerk. Well, well I, m- much like the rest of our wonderful audience, went to the C2C com, Brian's Corner, and there it was. In all its glory, Brian, tell him the autograph you got. The Rock and Roll Express. And, uh, hey, if you're curious, Robert Gibson is looking straight with both eyes. Uh, hey, <laughs> you can't do that, dummy. <laughs> God bless. 
So I saw a cool clip. This is from 1988, but I saw this on Twitter where Ricky Morton was backstage in a 1988 sitcom called Running the Ropes or Learning the Ropes. And he's playing a guitar. Hmm. I guess he did like a cameo or something because Learning the Ropes was a Lyle Alzado show where he played a professional wrestler that was transitioning from being a wrestler to being a teacher. And mm-hmm. I guess Ricky Morton had a guest starring role. And yeah, there's this, it's like this 20 second clip, so I don't really know the story behind it or anything. I just know that there's Ricky Morton on a sitcom playing guitar in his wrestling wow. gear. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yeah. Kind of cool. Might have to look it up. So, because there's no harm, no foul, because my crate has already renewed for next month, whoop, whoop. I'm going to put it out there who's in next month's box. You would. I would, because the good folks at Pro Wrestling Tees, makers of Pro Wrestling Crate, (laughs) always put in a card so you can see what's coming. And next month's is Masks and Paint Part 2. Just in time for Halloween. Just in time for Halloween. All right, so here we go. We got Marty Skrull. We have Demon X Bunny. Yes. Rosemary and Allie. We have. I want to say I approve that. I'm just saying. (laughs) We have Glacier. Sweet. We have. Chainsaw Charlie, played by one Mr. Terry Funk. That's pretty cool. Matt Classic. Alrighty, cool. Sue Young. Hey, that's cool. And the Micro Brawler, which they've already announced, will complete this month's Micro Brawler set. As here comes the axe and smash. Nice. That's cool. I gotta yeah. say, I'm really becoming a fan of these micro brawlers. Yeah, I like them too. I would, I would, I would actually branch out and get some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. But I like the ones that they've given me in the box. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, if, but if they ever come out with like an exclusive four horsemen set, mm-hmm. you know, I might would have to break down and buy that, or a Magnum TA, or you know, something like that. Hint, 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 mm. hint. The Russians, you know, something, you know, something cool like that. So, but anyway. The good news is, so Marty's already been an autograph. Rosemary's already been an autograph. So that may very well eliminate those two. So I'm hoping for either a Sue Young or a Terry Funk. And how cool would that Terry Funk be? 
I, I want to say a, a Terry Funk autograph would be the, the hit of that box. Although, Sue Young would be really cool, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think... I think the mask may either be... Because I, I bet you there's a mask in there, right? Because it is mask and paint part two, you know? Um, hopefully a Glacier or Marty. I don't know if I want to run around with the face paint looking like Rosemary. What about Chainsaw Charlie? Would you wear a Chainsaw Charlie mask? I, I can go get my wife's uh, <laughs> pantyhose for that. That would suck to get like an egg of pantyhose in there. <laughs> and it says official Chainsaw, <laughs> yeah, official Charlie, Chainsaw mask. Charlie Yeah. <laughs> I'd be out in the middle of the street. Damn you, pro wrestling tees. <laughs> Well, everybody's got their con. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would that would that oh, would dude. be like screwed up. I don't know um, why that's so funny, but that's just really funny. That is funny. I, I you know, <laughs> I don't. I hope they wouldn't do it, but uh, who knows? <laughs> All right, so let's look at uh, Matt Classic and see if we can find a picture of that. Um. Uh, that's not a bad looking mask. Which mask are you checking out again? The Matt Classic. Yeah, yeah, Matt Classic actually does have a really cool mask. Yeah, that's not a bad mask, and that's an actual mask. So that may very well be the be the mask. Hey, would that be your second Luchador mask? That would. Uh, that would very well be my second one. Um, I think the first one, uh, I don't, I don't remember what name would have been attached to it. Um, cause it's upstairs, so I don't have it handy. Um, but yeah, I could see that one being the, uh, being the mask too. That would probably be the easiest one to do mask wise. I wonder if they do like, does, does, Pro Wrestling Tees do like what their crates, like WWE uh, crate, used to, like where don't you, somebody don't gets you dare a, say that. somebody gets a random like title belt or something like a deluxe box. Uh, no. Although they have from time to time done stuff like that. Um, one of them was uh, the I think the um, the Jacksons their book. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I think some of them were autographed. Like five of them were autographed or something. Um, so I, they've done stuff like that, but um, they haven't done like, uh, you know, one lucky fan is going to get the AEW world title or something. Right. Um, I just don't think that uh, as of now that they're that affiliated with any particular company um, because most of the stuff they get are for an individual wrestler. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think, um, I don't really consider them affiliated with a company. Whereas the WWE box was definitely WWE. I mean, that's true. That's true. I just I could see them, uh, maybe maybe not right now, but at some point, you know, 
spicing it up and trying to do something like that just to generate subscriptions. I mean, that makes sense. Um, but I think the the coolest idea would be like, you know, if they said one lucky subscriber gets the, uh, you know, a complete, genuine uh, Marty Squirrel mask. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I could see it. I could see maybe somewhere down the line. Um, but like right now, um, I don't know how many they put out uh, per month. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's a large scale production um, because I've seen a picture of the you know the boxes stacked up waiting to be put on trucks. Um, so I don't think it's you know like one of those ones where twenty thousand crates are being shipped down every month. I don't think we're at that point yet. Yeah. So if they ever get to that point, of course, that'll mean more money and more money will mean they can do different things. Um, but hopefully one day, um, you know, the, the ones that work with them on a regular basis might, uh, be more than willing to do something special like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm sure that as they continue to grow, they'll they'll consider more options and possible contest contest ideas. You never know. Yeah. But I, I will say that I do think uh, they are getting better in what they put in the boxes. Right. The T-shirts are always top notch. Uh, you do get an autograph. Uh, in in every box so far, some boxes have had two autographs, uh, especially over the summertime. You normally get a little bit extra. Uh, there's, you know, that the micro brawlers are exclusive to them. So, I mean, they they actually do put some quality stuff in these things. So, and, and Brian, thank you for covering the. The the pro wrestling crate for September, October's looks to be uh, looks to be actually really cool. So that one will will definitely cover. And of course, you can find all of the images for the September crate and the August crate uh, right on Brian's corner. Just click on it. It's on c2cradioshow.com. Click on Brian's corner, and there's the images, as well as uh, any musings that Brian may decide that he's going to put. Uh, you know, any point in time. Because Brian has been known to put pen to paper from time to time. Mm-hmm. And, and did I did I mention that thanks to them, I did get a Harley Race autograph? Hey, hey, hey. The late, great Harley Race. Yes, one, one that literally probably would have been no way in, in H-E-double-L hockey sticks that I ever would have gotten a hold of. Uh, probably very true. Especially since uh, the month it came out was... um, The month before he passed away. Yeah, yeah. So let's take a look at... uh, We got three more questions on the website, Brian. Three magical questions as we head into the Wednesday Night War. We talked about one of those questions already. There was originally... So the first question is, how will the ratings look in week one as AEW Dynamite goes head-to-head with NXT on USA? Now, the reason this question is there is not to say that 
AEW is going to do a 1.9 and NXT is going to do some 2.5 or whatever, or vice versa. That's not exactly what I'm looking at. My question is more derived from this. Do we see a split in the audience that's currently watching NXT, or do we see just as big of an audience, if not the same size or bigger, that's watching NXT and AEW at the same time? I'm trying to process how you met, how you said that. Um, so I think the first hour, because if I remember right, the first hour of NXT is going to be on network and then or on TV, and then the second hour is on network. Ah, uh-uh, that was just for last week and the week before. This week, it's two hours head to head. Two hours head to head. Yep. And two weeks, uh, this week going forward, should I say. Okay. Um, I don't think it really changes anything. Uh, I think the first hour, um, I think you're probably going to have the stiffest competition. um, Because AEW will be, you know, that'll be... When all the pomp and circumstances and everybody's going to want to watch that first hour. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll get the first hour. And then I think it's going to be who starts popping those surprises and when. So who pops the first surprise? Because you know hour one is going to be that big surprise moment. In hour two, the way the shows close out, because that last segment is, is money for each show, those are the two key points where you could expect some kind of a major surprise, right? So who does it first? Uh, I think AEW. Um, I think NXT. The problem with NXT popping the surprise mm-hmm. um, is the fact that come Friday night, we're pulling the draft card. Yeah. So... Okay, so who would you have? Kevin um, Kevin Owens show up? That's a good bet, but chances are he's going there come Friday or Monday anyway. Right. Um, your title holder, your main title holder in NXT is Hurt. Um, your main title holder in NXT is defending against Matt Riddle. Do you you hear the enthusiasm? Wow. You don't think Matt Riddle and Adam Cole would be a good match? Uh, I don't think, no. Oh, wow. (laughs) He he doesn't even dance around. He's like, "Ah, no. No, I I, I don't think, I mean, I'm not saying it's not going to be a good match. Right? But, is it a one-off? Are we building for something? Um, I mean, literally, if you so if you pop a surprise and have the surprise revolve around that that uh, heavyweight title, right? Does this match mean anything? Well, it's got so to it's got to have some bearing, doesn't it? Uh, well, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. So. In the long run, though, if 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 you don't pop the surprise around that title, then it's just a match. 
right? And they can right. get as crazy as they want to, but they're only going to get so crazy in the WWE. WWE crazy and everybody else crazy are different. I mean, some are like legit crazy, and then you have others that are really good, and then you have others that the WWE crazy is not not always all that great. You see what I'm saying? As far as like the tempo of the match and everything like that, they are a little bit more reserved and they try not to go all out. So, but again, if you put Kevin Owens on there, which is the rumor, don't you want him to shoot right for the top? Well, you would, you would think so. I mean, putting him in a position to go for the title would be, I mean, it would be money, Kevin Owens and Adam Cole, or hell, let's say Matt Riddle pulls off the victory and he got Matt Riddle and Kevin Owens. It's still money either way. Uh, I'm not sold on Matt Riddle yet to hold, to hold that belt. <laughs> you know, I'm not sold on him. To, I, He's and, not sold on the bro. No, I'm not. I'm not sold on the bro. I Wouldn't Adam Cole and the Velveteen Dream been better unless you're getting rid of unless he's going to smackdown which i think he's going i i wouldn't have minded seeing the velveteen dream get drafted but at the same time i don't know i i maybe it's just because i've seen matt riddle on evolve i think matt riddle has a little bit more to offer in that role but i i i, I can see what yeah, you're but, saying as far as draw appeal no so i'm listen to what i'm saying I'm not saying he can't wrestle. I'm not saying he can't draw. Is he going to get that NXT title? Do you think he's going to get that NXT title? I don't think he's getting it this Wednesday, but I think he will eventually win it. Sure, when people like Adam Cole and them aren't around. You know what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? Okay. So why not give me a better main event? Something else I can look forward to. Because there are going to be plenty of people that are going to be like, uh, yeah, I could do with something different. <laughs> I, I, you know, again, I'm, I'm not just buying into an NXT main event because of the names you give me. Well, and then that's the thing. Here's the other part of it. On AEW side, we've got Jericho coming in with mystery tag team partners. Now, granted, we did the speculation as to who, if it could be the revival, but is there another team you could see doing it? Oh, it could be. I don't know the Gorillas contract, but again, though, no, those would be my two. The Gorillas, yeah, or the, the Briscoes. The Gorillas would be huge. The Briscoes would be huge too, but the Gorillas would be huge. Oh yeah. But, and again, I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying something like that. Um, I mean, for all we know, it's going to be private party. Which, again, private could be party, cool. That would be, actually be kind of neat. Yeah, it could be the Lucha Brothers. I mean, it could be, you know, to your point, <laughs> Khan could be shelling out money. and. <laughs> I'm just saying... 
It would. I mean, it would be amazing to see. Yes, it would be horrible because you know they'd get sued like crazy. Vince would have a coronary on Wednesday night. They'd roll him out in the middle of the ring to do it. <laughs> but part of me is like, you know, I kind of feel like they could do it. Okay, so so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. All right. So, and this will kind of make my point because this is kind of where my thought process is, right? So let's just take the two main events as they are. Right. Okay. Forget the ratings and forget the rest of the show. The two main events as they are. Right. Which one are you going to flip to? That, I guess Matt that's going to be Riddle the and Adam Cole. No, no, no. I'm asking you. Oh, you're asking me directly. One, I'm asking you directly. Which one intrigues you the most? For you to watch that channel. And again, forget that you're going to be in Washington and can't watch the next day and all that crap. You're sitting down in front of the TV with the popcorn and the bubbly and I don't know. Popcorn and bubbly go together. I don't know. Ah, hey, ah, bubbly know. goes great with popcorn. <laughs> okay. All right. So anyway, so you're sitting there. You've got the remote. You've got one channel to turn to. You going USA or you going TNT? On one hand, you got Adam Cole versus Matt Riddle, and on the other, you've got the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega versus Jericho, and two mystery partners. You know, if I was at home, <clears throat> then I would probably watch AEW to see who the mystery partners are. And that may very well just sum up the whole night. I mean, depending on who it is, it could be be like one of those moments that you never, ever forget. And then it could be one of those that's like the colossal fail. Right. But But you still want to see which one it is. Right. But however, this is what I'm saying. So at the first hour, you may actually watch a different one as you do, as you are the second hour. Because you're probably going to get the whole, you know, they're probably going to needle you a little bit with the limousines pulling up or, you know, the the black Humvee or whatever it is. Did you say black you know Humvee? Are you saying they're going back to WCW Nitro now? I did. I did. I did. You know what I'm saying? I mean, for all you know, it's the Brothers of Destruction. I mean, do, who Holy knows? Holy hell, that would be ridiculous. Who knows? Who knows? Right? I'm just throwing the name out there, right? Just to needle people. Shawn Michaels what shows it, up on AEW. With the with the bald head and the cross <laughs> eye. Yeah, I guess we can't time warp that, huh? <laughs> but anyway, Damn but it. you see what I'm saying? So in yeah. between in between in the first hour, you may be like, Well, I want to watch this. But then you kind of, I would imagine your thought process is very much like my thought process and everybody else's thought process. In the second hour, when the main events kick off, you're going to flip to AEW. Right? This is is how we used to do it. You're going to flip AEW. And if those two mystery guys are, are worth anything... You're watching that main event. You can't tell me 
that if it's the Bucks and Omega versus Jericho and say the Lucha Brothers, that you're going to turn it. Because you've seen what the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers have done. Now you're going to throw Omega and Jericho into the mix. And you know full well that there's going to probably be that surprise at the end that's going to top the two mystery partners. Well, that's just it. That's that's what's so crazy about a week like this week, and we've got so much ground we're going to have to cover. And that's right, we are going to be live in D.C. Uh, we may even do a... I don't know. We talked about it. Maybe do a road show like we've done in the past with a preview to Dynamite as we sit in the parking lot with uh, with with whoever's in attendance with us. You never know. Um, but we definitely have a lot of ground to cover this week. We've got a lot of history that could be made and will be made, quite frankly. So with that, our magic witching hour has struck upon us. So... I'm going to go ahead and put Brian first here with the social media because, you know, he always likes to say, no, just don't, don't do the dance. Just, you know, plug my stuff. Yeah, that's right. Just plug my shit. <laughs> Jeez. Ow. So we went like two hours and, you know, two minutes. And no, Brian couldn't last. And let's let us close out. You, re- you realize how long it's been since I've done that? <laughs> you know, it's actually been at least three weeks. I think it's been several weeks since yeah. I've done that. All right. Well, you can catch up with Brian on Facebook at uh, Brian Taylor, STRCP21 on Twitter. So that's at STRCP21 or Professor Dickweed, as he likes to be called, uh, on Twitter. Rob can be found at Rob Hefner C2C on Facebook, at Rob Hefner on, uh, <clears throat> I said Facebook for his uh, Twitter. Rob Hefner C2C on Twitter, Rob Hefner on Facebook, RDHUWP. On Instagram, the show can be found at C2C Radio Show on Twitter, Corner Two Corner. That's the number two uh, on Instagram and Corner to Corner Show and Corner to Corner Wrestling on Facebook. You can catch up with me at Stan Grub on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And that, my friends, is gonna do it. When we catch up with you next weekend, it's gonna be a look back at all the history that was made, including. Season premiere for Raw. Impact during the week. AEW and NXT as they go head-to-head for week one. SmackDown on Friday nights. Kofi Kingston and Brock Lesnar. And all of the draft speculation that you can imagine because on October... The following week? Yeah, the following <laughs> following Monday is night number one of the draft. And then Isn't it SmackDown? And then Raw? You're right. I think so it's, the 11th I think is, it's SmackDown. Friday Night yep. SmackDown leads off the draft on the 11th. And then on the 14th, that following Monday, is night number two of the WWE draft. So we got a lot of ground to cover between here and there, folks. But we are out of here. Brian, final thoughts before we tell them goodbye? Uh, I am thinking about doing a gallery of t-shirts for the crates and autographs. Um, I think that'll be kind of cool for pro wrestling crate because they do have some pretty bad, a, uh, double cricket letters, um, t-shirts out there. So think about putting one of those together. 
And uh, I actually, I actually am going to go out there and tell y'all that I will be watching SmackDown on Friday, uh, just because I want to see how Fox handles it. He just wants to see Brock Lesnar beat Kofi. <clears throat> no, I've said all along that I think Kofi is going to keep it until WrestleMania, until they threw Brock in the mix. Well, I mean, now apparently it's speculation that Brock's going to be recurring on SmackDown. There's all kinds of rumor and conjecture, but we'll dive into that next week. Oh, and uh, oh yeah. So the Fiend is also supposedly coming to Fox. So <laughs> much of the draft has already been uh, thrown out there. So much for the Universal title. That's going to do it for us here at Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio. We'll see you next week right here on C2CRadioShow.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.